Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. bring in Darren Dunn here in just a moment from Assiniboia Downs but on Saturday the one I think it was the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby here's how it ended and they're into the stretch and it's Messier crown pride and epicenter is coming up on the outside epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final for long Sandin is coming after him epicenter and Sandin these two Simplification down the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Epicenter's ended. Reach strike is coming up on the inside. Oh my goodness. The longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Rich strike has done it in a stunning, unbelievable upset. <laughs> 80 to 1 long shot. Darren Dunn, CEO at Assiniboia Downs here in Winnipeg. Come on in here. Good morning. Well, good morning, Hal. Good to be with you. It takes me back to my uh, track announcing days, and though certainly I didn't uh, call the Kentucky Derby, but get that man a throat lozenge after that uh, two-minute uh, yelling spree, especially with that dramatic finish. You know, I was going to ask you, so I'll, I'll start here, and I was going to ask you later, but I'll start here. Do you miss calling races? You know, I don't, as as odd as that might sound. In the, uh, I've been asked that before, and uh, you know, 25 years, uh, over 18,000 race calls. I think, uh, you know, 20-some-odd Manitoba derbies. And I, I think it's just I, I had nothing left uh, on the mic to give and uh, felt like that was a, a wonderful uh, career in that broadcasting area. And then uh, Lawrence Welking, the uh, orchestra and uh, executive management, uh, is the fit that uh, satisfies the most now. So uh, nothing left uh, on the mic there. Uh, loved it, enjoyed it, but uh, no regrets and no desire to go back uh, Technically, I suppose, Hal, I'm, I'm still the backup announcer, and it's been about 10 years or so, or 12 years since I called races. But So I might be the most overqualified backup announcer in North America, but uh, my mean man there, Kurt Contois, uh, I, I like him to keep his throat in shape because I'm not looking to come off the bench. All right, that's cool, uh, and I get it. There are some days where I go, I just don't have anything more for the mic, but here I am, I'm doing it, and I love what I do. I just don't have a backup plan. You had a backup plan. You get to run the place. I, I don't have a backup plan. Um, so talk <laughs> about it. this horse. Talk about this horse, Rich Strike, because there is a tie to Manitoba. Is there ever. It's incredible. You know, I can tell you, in the tie right off the hop, the mother of this horse, or in our industry, the vernacular is the dam, D-A-M. The mother of this horse, uh, the broodmare, uh, is from Manitoba. Born, raised here in Manitoba, raced at Assiniboia Downs. I did announce her races back in 2004. She raced here as a two-year-old. Went to Woodbind as, as, as a three-year-old filly in 2005. Set the world on fire, if you will. Won the biggest filly race in Canada, the $500,000 Woodbine Oaks. Ran third in the Queen's Plate. Won a sovereign award as a champion three-year-old filly. So an incredible racing career. Then uh, when it was time to be uh, a mama, if you will, or uh, it's funny how you know, Mother's Day is recent as yesterday, uh, she ends up producing this horse ultimately that wins the Kentucky Derby. So the tie is absolutely right to the ground here in Manitoba. That Manitoba produced the mother of the Kentucky Derby winning horse on Saturday just blows my mind. And I'm in the odds business, Al, as you know, and I don't even know what those are. It feels like a billion to one, but uh, 
incredible story and uh, we're so proud and we knew going into the the derby that it was unlikely this horse was even going to be in the race because i don't want to get too micro technical here but it was an also eligible so there's only 20 to go in the gate this was number 21 so if one of them scratches out prior to friday at six o'clock this horse will come in and literally minutes up to that time one came out this horse came in wasn't even supposed to be in the race let alone winning at 80 to one one of the longest shots ever in the kentucky derby the longest shot on saturday for sure Blows up the tote board, $160 plus to win. And then, of course, uh, you know, we mused that, uh, wow, now we have a Manitoba connection to the Kentucky Derby. Never in our wildest dreams thinking that this horse would win the race. And what does that mean, a Kentucky Derby win to an 80-to-1 long shot? What does it mean to the horse? What does it mean for the horse's owners? I mean, I can just imagine somebody, you know, putting some crazy bet on that horse and it winning. Well, absolutely. It made a little bit of a game changer if you uh, if you did make exactly, as you say, a crazy bet to back this horse. Because on paper, it, it was almost nonsensical. It, it, it there's just it almost seemed like the horse was in the race, and the pride of ownership to, for the connections to be at this historical event would have been more than satisfying. And let my horse get around there safely, and boy, we'll remember this day. Uh, but then all of a sudden, this horse just kicks it into gear, barreling up the rail picking him up and putting him down as fast as the, as uh, his legs will go and then shocks the world. I mean, it's, it, this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, James Buster Douglas in Tokyo with uh, Mike Tyson, uh, just the mouth guard went flying and it was uh, similar to the silks crossing the wire here. And, and for the connections, I mean, it just shows the, you know, the little guy can win a race because this is a rags to riches story. If there ever was, they bought this horse for $30,000 within the last year. They just won, $1.6 million for winning that race. Uh, sorry, $1.8 million. So, I mean, lottery ticket time. It's, it's literally, uh, you know, pick the numbers and they came in. And, uh, and now, where does it go from here? Uh, they're planning on running in the Preakness in a couple of, couple of weeks in Maryland and uh, possibly the Belmont Stakes after that about three weeks later. So, who knows where the story ends, but uh, it's, the, uh, it's the it horse in the industry right now today for sure. And I'm just about out of time, Darren, but I, I want to ask you, this sort of yesterday, a lot of people were there for Mother's Day. They were watching the Kentucky Derby at the Downs, and, and I'm sure you're excited about another season. Oh, always. And you know what, Hal? You know, we're COVID cautious out there, to be clear, but uh, to, to open without restrictions for the first time in a couple of years, and, uh, you know, our barn area is just bustling. Uh, our team is energized. We're enthusiastic. We can't wait to uh, safely welcome people out there and uh, – time to get out of the gate at the end of the month and uh it's what we're all about uh, we're open year-round of course for events and simulcasting and gaming but it's about live racing that's our mandate and uh we're looking forward to welcoming people uh before the month is out and the restaurant's open absolutely you better believe it seven days a week one of my sure. favorite places are you know winnipeg famous buffets if you will come back for live racing as well so it makes that dinner theater experience uh, opportunity returns in full force if you want to take in live racing uh and that and that's something that we're very proud of as well. Absolutely. Darren Dunn, appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Anytime, Hal. Thanks. Darren Dunn, CEO of Assiniboia Downs. I saw this uh, and I kind of went yuck. Eight in ten of us don't clean our phone properly. Doesn't really surprise me. Uh, I'm I'm as bad as anybody. Jason Tetro is the germ guy. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Got to ask you, how did you get that uh, handle, the germ guy? 
Uh, well, I've been sharing the germy word probably since the mid-2000s or aughts. And uh, one day I was doing a live call-in show, and the host called me the germ guy, and unfortunately it stuck. <laughs> it stuck. <laughs> uh, that's great. You teamed up with the mobile shop, and, and this is really interesting. So 80% of us do not clean, mm-hmm. not just don't clean our phone, but we don't clean it properly. So we may be cleaning it or thinking we're cleaning it, but we're not. Yeah, and that's really something that, for me, has always been a concern. I mean, about once every decade, I usually go out there and see what the cell phone is like when it comes to the germiness. And, and you know, we just kind of have gone through this whole pandemic, so I really thought it was going to be a lot different. And, and no, it's still 8 out of 10 Canadians just simply are not cleaning their phone regularly. And that means that there's a good likelihood that there's going to be stuff on there, microbes, bacteria, fungi, whatever, that could possibly um, colonize you and, and even possibly make you sick. It, it's kind of frustrating. How often should we be cleaning our phone and how should we be cleaning? Well, we should be cleaning our phones at least once a day because we use it so much. You see, 20 years ago when I did this, it was kind of like people opened up their flip phone, realized there were no text messages because they had no friends and nobody called, so then you put it away. You could do it once a week. Today, we're touching it all the time. We're taking it everywhere we go. So you need to be doing it daily, and it has to be done with a disinfectant wipe because disinfection means you're actually killing the microbes that are on there and what it's going to do is it's going to give you a clean slate for the next day um i know people like to rub it on their shirts i know that people like to use you know um wet cloths and everything like that not really good and don't use the hand sanitizer just leave that for your hands and how does the the phone rank against some other things that we might view as really full of germs and and dirty i'm often surprised that you know uh that sponge on the kitchen sink is is worse than the (laughs) toilet for example i don't know if that's the case but do you know what i mean like how how bad is the phone compared to say whatever it's not necessarily about how much is in there. And by the way, the kitchen sponge is actually the germiest place in your home. Um, and for the record, everything is dirtier or germier than a toilet seat. But it's more the types of microbes, right? And so when you hear names such as, you know, Escherichia coli, E. coli, or Candida yeast, these are the things that you're going to find on top of your cell phone um, because because basically they're coming from other humans and you're, they're touching surfaces that are coming from other humans. When it comes to something like a, a, a sponge or even a remote control, they're mainly environmental bacteria like, you know, Pseudomonas or, or you know, Acinetobacters. They're not as bad. So the fact is, is it may not be the number that's the problem. It's the type of microbes. And the cell phone is going to be the one that poses the greatest risk. And it's just like makeup. You really should not be sharing it unless you're disinfecting it jason appreciate your time if you got a website or how can people find out about more about uh, more about the germ guy and germs and cleaning your phone and all that kind of stuff well you can always check into the super awesome science show which is with your sister station curious cast and there's also jasontetro.com if you want to look me up jason appreciate your help thanks a lot it was a pleasure take care Hal. jason tetro the germ guy